Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Coping Podcast, Amplifying Voices, where I feature various voices in the mental health community to create safe spaces of dialogue and growth. I'm Reese Moon, a 16-year-old teenager from Southern California diagnosed with Tourette's and OCD, and I founded Mindful Coping, a platform dedicated to providing free and accessible resources for teens with mental illness. You can check out my content on my Instagram at Mindful Coping and my website, mindfulcoping.net. I'm so thankful to be joined today with Glesney from All Emotions Welcome. And without further ado, Glesney, give us a brief introduction about yourself. Brilliant. Okay. So yeah, like you said, my name's Glesney. Um, it's so great to sort of join you here on this podcast um, and sort of talk about mental health. Um, so I am a person-centered counsellor based in the UK um, and I work for a mental health charity. So my job involves sort of offering one-to-one sessions to clients, be that sort of kids, teenagers, adults. Um, and I also make mental health related sort of social media content, both for my job and personally on All Emotions Welcome. So that's me. Cool. Um, how have you been managing your mental health during this crazy quarantine? <laughs> yeah, I think crazy is definitely the right word for it. Um, for me, it has been super important to stay connected with people. Um, so I live alone. I also work from home. So I'm sort of stuck in the same four walls a lot of the time. Um, so I've been making sure that I'm staying connected with friends and family, you know, regular sort of Zoom calls, FaceTiming, um, just so I still feel close to people. Um, and weirdly enough, I actually talk to them more now than I did sort of before this pandemic. Like I had friends that we'd never speak on the phone and now we do that sort of on a regular basis. Um, oh. So yeah. And then I think as well, it's about sort of trying to be a bit more kind to myself. You know, if I'm feeling down, let myself feel those feelings, you know, try and work through it rather than ignoring it. Um, yeah. But sort of not letting it take over, if that makes sense. So, you know, me being in control of those feelings rather than the other way around so I like to sort of give myself a bit of a time limit I guess so if I'm feeling down one evening you know I'll let myself you know go through those motions but then I'll wake up the next day and sort of say okay let's now shift to a more positive mindset and sort of focus on something else Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree with you on that and I just want to go back to that point that you said about talking to friends that you didn't uh, talk to before the quarantine. And uh, because of the pandemic, actually, I got close to a couple of friends that I never would have imagined getting close to, like schoolmates. Um, yeah. And it's interesting how things like quarantine or physical distancing really test some of your friendships and uh, adjust your relationships. So I'm thankful to have so many amazing friends and I saw some of that change during the quarantine, not in a negative way, but just like, you know, things change, social dynamics after not seeing people for a long time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think what this quarantine has done, it's given people a lot of time to sort of think and reflect on things. Um, And I suppose, you know, relationships and friendships comes under that. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting time. So do you have any specific tips you'd like to share about mental health coping or managing? Yeah, I think um, for me, routine is really important. And I think especially during quarantine, um, I think if you can try and keep things as close to pre-quarantine life as possible, that can really help. Um, So for me, it's about having sort of 
boundaries around when I start and finish work. You know, I try and still get up at the same time and finish at the same time. I like to sort of get up and get ready, you know, still do my makeup and get dressed like I would for work. Um, so that really helps me to sort of maintain productivity levels, I guess. Um, but I guess the biggest tip really for me would just be about just being kind to ourselves. Um, I think, you know, with social media, we like to compare ourselves with other people, um, you know, put pressure on ourselves to be really productive and achieve loads of things. Um but you know I think at the minute just surviving and yeah. getting through this weird time is more than enough yeah. Um, so yeah we agree with you and I think um that's something that a lot of schools are struggling to deal with you know um the fact mm-hmm. that their students have more on their plate than just academic schedules and academic yeah. activity but more like uh am I going to be able to you know live through this pandemic another day Um, because it has I think a lot of overlooked especially you know in the American public school system because it was sort of sudden and everything closed down and now every individual state is having sort of a mismatched policy for returning to school but I know in California um, many of the schools in my district are staying remote learning because of you know the huge amount of cases but I think that it's important that they rec- um, they should more you know closely recognize that we have more to worry about than just school, but our mental health mm-hmm. and the uh, exactly. impacts of extended isolation. And it's been uh, I can't believe almost eight or nine months already for I a lot know, of us. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely we always joke about it um, on our Zoom meetings how when when we come back in person, it's we're gonna forget how to speak to people eye to eye. So <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some mm-hmm. stuff there. My next yeah. question um, uh-huh, is what specific areas of mental health interest or concern you the most? Oh, okay. Um, so a concept I'm really interested in is toxic positivity. Um, so this is something I only sort of learned about last year. Um, and that was sort of just randomly on Instagram. Um, and that's what actually inspired the name of my Instagram account. So all emotions welcome. Um, so I'll explain a bit about what it means for anyone who doesn't know but toxic positivity basically is this idea that we've been taught um, to believe that being positive and only positive is the only way to be um, so you know people might say things like you know good vibes only or don't be negative don't cry you know at least you know you have your health and things like that um, so they're sort of classic examples of toxic positivity um, so even though the intentions behind that might be good Um, when we say those sorts of things they can invalidate any sort of negative feelings and can feel quite dismissive to the person on the receiving end Um, especially if you're looking for sort of support or validation Um, and you know it's something we don't just do it to other people we do it to ourselves as well Um, we sort of deny how we truly feel or try and push down any negative feelings Um, so yeah so that really interests me um, because I think it's really common yeah. Um, so that's why I started my Instagram account really to sort of encourage people to acknowledge all of those feelings and reduce the stigma around talking about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really um, am impressed by your Instagram account. It's so aesthetically and it looks it looks wonderful. And there's so many educational posts. I was reading through um, some of your posts the other day, and how it talked about you know that there's various types of negative emotions. And then I love how you focused on not, you know, just 
ignoring them, but understanding what they are and being able to cope with them. Because I do agree with you that um, part of what happens on social media, especially not on mental health sides, but on, you know, personal sides of social media, we begin to see some of a lot of that uh, realistic aspect disappear because of course people only post what once a week or once a month about their life and they want to show the best happiest moments so exactly. i think it can build you know like you said that culture of toxic positivity oh i'm so happy um, you're not happy then you're not welcome here you know something like that yeah, so i really exactly. like um and um i never thought about it that way how our intentions to be positive can be dismissive. So that's definitely something very thought provoking that'll be on my mind. <laughs> my next question is what has your journey of mental health awareness and wellness been? Um, so I think my sort of journey sort of started when um, I began my training to be a counselor. So that was back in, oh, back in 2016, which feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, so as part of that training I had to have my own personal therapy and that was something that I'd never done before um, I remember sort of naively thinking that you know I don't need to have therapy I've got everything together um, and oh boy was I wrong um, so yeah so that was sort of over three years ago now and you know I've worked through a lot of stuff I found out why I do things a certain way why I feel a certain way about things um, yeah. and you know I still go to therapy now. I go sort of once a month just to sort of keep on top of things as a bit of self-care. Um, yeah. You know, there's no stigma in that. Um, even though I am a therapist myself, um, I still go to therapy. I still have things that I work on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I've come a long way on that journey. But I think it's a journey that will continue for sure. the rest of my life. Because, you know, you can always learn more and achieve more, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. And with, with regards to therapy, I think that a lot of the idea, oh, I don't need anything. And that, you know, I experienced that as well, is yeah. um, heavily rooted in that stigma that we have around therapy. And not only therapy, but, you know, mental health, which means people right. don't go out and get their accurate diagnosis or people after getting a diagnosis don't take those next steps to get help. And that plus, you know, accessibility concerns, cost concerns. I feel like there's so, especially yeah. in the United States, there's, you know, a pandemic of mental health resources because mm -hmm. people are getting either inaccurate diagnoses or aren't being able to see their health care providers enough to get one, you know, because a lot of these take evaluation over time. And then that mm -hmm. leads to getting the wrong treatment or getting treatment when you don't need treatment or not getting treatment when you need it. So it's, yeah, it's a very yeah. difficult issue. And I can definitely see a lot of those stigmas arising. And I just wanted to add on that there's a huge stigma, especially in, you know, the teen community, because we're living in um, sort of that Instagram culture these days, right? Uh, I don't have anxiety. I'm perfectly, incredibly happy and uh, look yeah. at all these amazing pictures I took at the beach, etc. Exactly. So I think that, you know, to everyone who's listening, it's just so important to, that even if you think that you don't need anything, or even if you were, um, you know, noticing bouts of anxiety, oh, I don't need anything, you know, go to your healthcare provider, go to a mental health professional around you and take yeah. those next steps because you'll be able to learn things about yourself that you never really understood and 
it'll make coping in your life because everyone has bad days, but people also suffer from anxiety and, you know, that'll make it easier if you see a professional. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. My next question is what was the inciting incident in your life that made you start promoting mental health? Um, I'm not sure I can think of a specific incident, um, but I know growing up, I've always been that friend that people go to for advice or a shoulder to cry on or just someone to talk to. Um, and I always knew that I wanted a job where I could help people and I've been interested in people, you know, why, how they think and how they are. Um, so that's what led me to sort of studying psychology um, at uni. Um, and then during my undergrad degree, I volunteered for a student-led service where we, um, it was sort of like a bit of a helpline. So we'd take calls from students who were struggling with their mental health. Um, so I volunteered with them for about five years altogether, um, which was, was definitely the best part of my uni experience. I got to help train new volunteers, um, support volunteers when they'd taken difficult calls, you know, support students who were struggling. Um, and I think I, I just felt such a great sense of achievement that then led me to want to pursue that further. So I then went and went on to study counselling. Wonderful. That's, you know, incredible because I love how a lot of people's aspirations with mental health start from, you know, being in that position of helping in the first place or receiving. And I think that mental health is such a noble profession and individuals in the industry are passionate and driven. So I, I love to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, My next question is what are struggles that you're going through right now? And of course, if it's too personal, feel free to keep it vague or struggles that you've seen people go through. Ooh, okay. Um, so I say personally right now, I'm in a pretty, pretty good place. You know, I have, like we said, I have upside, ups and downs like everyone, you know, that's a part of being human. Um, but for the most part, I'm the happiest I've been in years. I mean, last year was really tough, loads of changes, you know, positive and negative changes. Um, on top of sort of this quarantine and pandemic situation. Um, but I got through it and I feel a lot stronger for doing that as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then in terms of problems that people, like I've seen people go through, um, just a lot of anxiety at the minute, like we were saying, I think. Um, so I work a lot with sort of teenagers um, and there's just so much anxiety in that age group at the minute. Um, you know, confusion over sort of, um school exams and missed school and you know working from home and just yeah it's a tough tough time to be a teenager yeah um I can empathize with those teenagers because I have a lot of those same anxieties and I think that um because of quarantine we're entering a place where it's becoming easier and easier for us to talk about it with one another which I'm super happy about and sort of seeing that stigma come down. And even you can see that through Instagram, right? People are starting to tell their stories, reach out, be advocates for others who don't have that voice, which um, I'm glad to say is one of my most um, proudest achievements, but also seeing you know, how that community has been forming in various platforms and even through like Zoom or phone calls with friends, I think because of the pandemic, it's becoming more and more personal. And I've said this before, but 
people are beginning to know other individuals who have been affected or themselves are affected um, at an increasing rate, which makes that topic of you know health concerns very pressing, which I think adds on to that anxiety. So hopefully, you know, we can stimulate more discussions of that. And I think that'd be super helpful. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. My next question is what steps are you taking to put you on the path to mental wellness? Um, so like I mentioned, I have therapy on a fairly regular basis. So about once a month, um, just to talk about whatever's going on at that time in my life and reflect on things. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty self-aware, which sort of comes with the territory of being a therapist, I think. Um, so I can sort of recognise when I'm getting stressed or burnt out or feeling overtired. So I'll practice sort of self-care more at those times. Um, so for me, that's about sort of doing things that I enjoy um, things that help me sort of recharge my batteries. Um, you know, knowing what my limits are and sort of sticking to my boundaries. So like I was saying earlier about sort of work schedule um, and things and again like we keep saying coming back to connection and reaching out to people and you know yeah. letting people know that I'm struggling and that there's no shame in admitting that I guess for sure for sure what resources especially free and accessible ones would you like to share with our audience and our readers today hmm. um I mean We've said it, social media, it gets a bit of a bad rap, but I think if you know where to look, it can be great. I think the mental health side of social media um, can be amazing. Um, I, I mean, I've only, I'm only sort of, only joined that community sort of mm-hmm. six months ago when I started my account, um, mm-hmm. but it's just been such an invaluable resource and it's all free, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some really great, Instagram accounts and YouTube channels out there which can just get people to start thinking about mental health and Mm -hmm. learning about different concepts I think is good. Completely agree and um, I like how social media accounts are making efforts and social media platforms are making strides to put mental health at the forefront you know um, like the algorithm not sure how it exactly works but I've been seeing more and more mental health things pop out even on my personal account where I don't do a lot of mental health. And I like to see that these platforms are advocating for something that is so necessary, not only during this time, but generally, I mean, people often focus or have a hyper focus on physical health um, and sort of overlook the aspects of mental health that have huge consequences on people's well-being and happiness and you know daily lifestyle and I think that's something that a lot of people are currently undergoing right they're realizing the consequences of not having focused on their mental health and noticing how much it impacts their ability to carry on tasks or do what they truly love to do Mm -hmm. so my next question is slightly more lighthearted. tell us three fun facts about yourself Oh, um, I always struggle with these kinds of questions. Um, but I suppose my go-to fun fact is I can speak Welsh fluently because that's uh, that's where my name comes from. Mm. Um, I I'm quite musical, so I can sort of play the guitar and the piano. Um, and then another fun fact. Um, oh, 
I've got a guilty pleasure of watching reality TV, like really rubbish reality TV. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely sympathize with you. I have plenty of um, media and TV guilty pleasures of my own. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it's just a great way to switch off, I think, and to sort yeah. of. Okay. I think I just like the drama when yeah. it's not my own drama. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. It, it's very entertaining. I'll tell you that much. Definitely. What are three takeaway points that you'd like to share with our audience or our readers? Oh, um, I think I've, I've said this loads in this um, interview, but I think just being kind to yourself, like the world is a tough place to be right now. Um, but this, you know, hopefully won't be forever. And, you know, we just got to do what we can to get through this. Number one, um, remembering that self-care isn't selfish. You know, it's okay to say no to things. It's okay to put yourself first. Um, and then finally that your feelings are valid so there's no shame in whatever we're feeling and it's okay to talk about those feelings as well so yeah of course amazing yeah I, I agree with all of those things and I especially like that be kind to yourself because I think when people hear be kind to yourself like oh so cliche I've heard that a million times but when they actually think about am I being kind to myself? Am I forgiving myself for those mistakes? Mm -hmm. Then you sort of realize that that sentence, be kind to yourself, even though you've heard it a million times, is something that is loaded with meaning and action, right? Because it's not easy yeah. to be kind to yourself. And I think mm -hmm. it's hard, especially um, yeah. with those discussions of, am I being productive? It's easy to blame yourself and bash yourself and compare yourself. But I mean, I feel like everything, instead of bashing yourself for everything that you don't do but complimenting yourself for everything that you do do is something that's important exactly. that has helped me mm -hmm. definitely yeah, yeah for sure my last question is what would you like to promote and how can we find more information about you oh um i'd like to obviously promote my instagram account um i'd love it if you can go check me out and go follow me on there so you can mm -hmm. find me at all, Emil uh, all emotions welcome on instagram um, and I'm also on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. So yeah, go check me out. Wonderful. Well, that concludes this episode of Amplifying Voices. I will link everything that Glesney shared today in the description box and on my Instagram page. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode of the podcast. Please follow at Mindful Coping for more information about mental health disorders and also check out Glesney's account at All Emotions Welcome on Instagram and also Twitter and Facebook. Contact me at reese.mindfulcoping at gmail.com for questions, concerns, and comments. And stay tuned for more Mindful Coping specials. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Do it with